Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Well, Denton, if anybody thought that the Bills were going to strip this thing down to the studs and say, no more, we're starting over, it's not happening. Not according to Sean McDermott anyway. And Brandon Bean, the general manager, coming out and saying they're not getting, uh, they're not looking at this as a situation where they strip it down to the studs. You really start with understanding the success that we've had and how we've gotten it. Then you make tweaks along the way, and we try to get ourselves to become world champions. That is what Sean McDermott had to say today. I don't blame him. That means he keeps his job. <laughs> yeah, so of course that's what he says. Yeah, so he's going to be pumped up about that. But, like, I liked the direction they were at towards the end of the year. The problem is they ran into a buzzsaw. And that buzzsaw wears 15 on his chest mm-hmm. in Kansas City. You have to, to beat him, play flawless football. The Bills, Nick, did not play flawless. In fact, they got every single lucky bounce, and it still wasn't enough. You have to play flawless football or have a really good defense, which I think is going to be the case this weekend because Baltimore's defense is suffocating at times. Here's what I'll say. Sean McDermott, if they moved on from him, the question then has to become, who is the coach that you think is going to take this team beyond where they are now? And I'm sure there are some. If you want to make the argument that it's Bill Belichick, I mean, the guy's won six Super Bowls, but you could also say that he's 71 and the game has passed him by and it's not the same anymore and, you know, they're going to need to revamp things offensively. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. I understand when a team has expectations to just make the playoffs and then you achieve that you're then going to get to the next spot of we want to win a Super Bowl rightfully so but if you're sitting kind of in that middle ground where the Bills are right now and you look at where they came from and you look at where this team is now you sit there and say are we going to be able to maximize what we've got at this or have we already maximized everything at this level and what I mean by that is do you think that Josh Allen is not your best option at quarterback? Because there's that rumor, there, not rumor, but you know, there's that narrative out there too. Like Wish this is know. this is as far as Josh Allen takes you. Well, okay, then what's the replacement gonna be, and who is it gonna be? Because I can certainly tell you that being the fan of a team and having covered a team for many years that couldn't figure out their quarterback situation in Washington and still hasn't, you're in a really good spot with Josh Allen as your quarterback. I'll take me some Josh Allen. You're in a good spot with Sean McDermott as your coach. But if they did refresh the coaching staff, I would be okay with that. And the reason why I say that is because sometimes coaches lose a locker room. Guys have already heard everything enough. The play calling has gotten stale. Guys' roles have kind of just been maximized to where that coach's knowledge maybe is. Like, I always use the example of Mark Jackson, right? Mark Jackson got the Warriors to 47 wins, and they fired him. They hired Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr won a bunch of titles there. Like, he was able to take everybody that was there, and he could see some players that didn't fit their role, like a David Lee, took him out of the starting lineup, started Draymond Green, everything changed. If you're the Bills, I promise you it's not going to get better than Josh Allen unless you're drafting Caleb Williams, and even then, you don't know what Caleb Williams is going to be. You know what Josh Allen is. If you want to change coaches, maybe. If you want to have some tweaks, yeah. It's going to get expensive. They need to be able to draft better, and they've got to get Josh Allen back to where he was under Brian Dable when he was the offensive coordinator. And it shows you more and more how many times we've seen this. Look at the Eagles. The coordinators matter just as much, and in some cases, maybe even more than the head coach. Yeah, I'm not giving up on Josh Allen. The guy's literally 27 years old. He'll turn 28. He hasn't even entered his prime yet. I think you have to adjust some of the things that are around him. If you were to move on from Sean McDermott, I would have Mike Vrabel in there in about 20 minutes. 
and say, hey, man, we're going to talk to mm -hmm. you. You're probably the front runner for this thing. You might be able to get this thing turned around. But I also don't think that Sean McDermott has lost the locker room. Nick. Right. And I'm not saying that he did. No, I'm no, saying that does saying happen that sometimes with but the, coaches. It felt like there was some, there were some people that were thinking that maybe he has lost the mm -hmm. locker room. He has not. He has said some wild things in the yes. locker room. And they kept winning football games. <laughs> so, like, the, he has not lost the <laughs> locker room in any sense. But they need to adjust, I think, the skill position, guys. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of Stephon Diggs. And I think for this period in Buffalo Bills football, Stephon Diggs was what they needed. But moving forward, I'm not sure that they need that kind of guy anymore. In fact, my major priority, if I was Brandon Bean, I am signing T. Higgins. T. Higgins is mm -hmm. not a superstar wide receiver, but he is in the echelon of a really damn good one. And I think if you're Buffalo, you need to build your roster with your superstar, which is Josh Allen, and then a lot of really damn good guys around him and less superstars. I think the more options that you have, because it always felt like it was Stephon Diggs and then a big step back and it was Gabe Davis and they didn't have a run game. Well, Gabe Davis didn't play this weekend. They had a run game, kind of abandoned it in the second half, but they had a run game going on. But Stephon Diggs towards the end of the season was not your regular Stephon Diggs. And we know this entire offseason, he did not seem to be thrilled that he was in Buffalo. I think you need to assess that relationship relationship and decide do we want to move forward with this guy you go sign t higgins and then you get another quality wide receiver to go with him the more quality options you have with a guy like josh allen you're going to put him in a better spot because the less he's going to have to go superman and for the first three and a half quarters nick it felt like they figured that out and then Josh Allen tried just a little too much to go superman he tried to go superman to stefan diggs with a perfectly placed ball a perfectly placed ball and they weren't able to come down with it, and it felt like at that point they were off the rails. Ryan said something yesterday on the show that I thought did kind of describe that Stefan Diggs situation. He looked like he quiet quit. Like He, he was <laughs> dropping balls. I know some things were knocked away, and Josh Allen was forcing some in there, but there were also some drops. Stephon Diggs looked a little uninterested in that game. He looked frustrated. and I, That's one of the things you have to take into account, too, though. And I'm with you uh, in, in terms of, like, Stephon Diggs and the talent and the ability that's there. But what if he has dropped off a little bit? What if the confidence and the, really, let's be honest, a little bit of diva and sense of entitlement, that stays at the high level, but the production doesn't match that? That's when the scales don't weigh in favor of a player like that, and that's when teams move on. Stephon Diggs has been, at his peak, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And a lot of guys are going to be out there, and they're going to say, yeah, I want the ball more, I want the ball more. That's, that's not uncommon. It happens all the time with receivers. And there's even some dust-ups and arguments with coaches and players, a receiver and quarterback on the sidelines. But those happen occasionally. When you start to see it happen consistently, like we've seen with the Bills, I mean, multiple years now we've gone into it with questions about what Stephon Diggs' role is, if he likes being there. The same thing happened in Minnesota. There's a certain point where somebody's disruptive everywhere they go. That's just who they are. That's just who they are. And it's not just in sports. It's anywhere. In our business, there are people eventually nobody wants to work with you anymore because you're a jackass. It happens all the time. So if that gets to the point where this offseason the Bills say we need to get younger wide receiver. You address the free agent market. This is a really talented wide receiver class again, again coming into yeah, this draft. A lot of good guys. Maybe that's a because they're going to have to find cheaper, younger options because this roster is getting older and more expensive. It's a lot easier though to be sort of the diva esque in Minnesota when you were known for the the, the miracle, right? Yeah, the lasting true. memory of that Diggs is, is that miracle. God, what what is our lasting day. memory of him in, in Buffalo? It's it's two things that I can point to definitively. 
It's him standing in the on the field to watch the confetti fall. Mm-hmm. It was like an iconic picture until we're four yep. years later and nothing has really changed. And then it's the fact he dropped that pass. If you catch that pass, you put your team in a position where you can win or tie the game, and then they miss the kick and you and you don't. Yeah, you have a little bit of a gripe here because you did your job in that instance. But if you were out there dropping perfectly placed passes by a quarterback who threw it like 60 yards in the air, you don't really have a lot of leverage to be the diva this offseason than he was last offseason. So I think that needs to be assessed. If he's locked in, though, I think he's a really good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And if he's locked in and then you can get a guy like T. Higgins, there's your one-two combo right there for Josh Allen. But you got to assess Stephon Diggs and say, does this guy want to be with us moving forward and then go from there? And then on top of that, if they get another receiver that's going to take targets and looks away from him, is he going to be happy with that? that? Like right. It's one thing to sit here and just look at even production on the field. But let's start talking about mixing personalities. There's no metrics, advanced stats. There's no analytics, whatever you want. There's none of that for people's... Well, I guess there are things out there to gauge it. You're not using that in the NFL. You can't... Like, personality is personality and you've got to figure out whether that's even going to be a good situation they're gonna to have to make some tough choices this offseason Josh Allen essentially said that when he was up at the podium and, and he's right like they're gonna to have to make some changes with this roster some of it's just financial but some of it's gonna be more than that too so I thought D hop would have been a great fit there but he decided to take the money and go to Tennessee and miss the playoffs so I guess that's that's where his head's I, at I thought so he would have been great there too uh, there's like six teams that I looked at DeAndre Hopkins yeah. and I'm like, man, he'd be great there and then oh, he's Kansas like, City can you imagine him there right now how about the seven team with the titans you're like uh what okay and then he took a visit with the patriots and you're like bill o'brien houston like, like yeah, wait what and oh oh you're swayed by <laughs> mac jones in that what? scenario i don't it's, know nothing the d hop did this offseason made sense but you know it, well, it, he got the bag it, it we did bag. it's fine listen if you, i'm not gonna blame anyway if you want to get paid you want to get paid that's it uh Eagles are looking for offensive and defensive coordinators now. Yeah, they Brian are. Johnson out. Nobody's surprised by that. You already had the whole defensive staff poop, gone. They talked to Ron Rivera. Uh, Scott, as a as the resident Eagles fan, you excited the potential that Ron Rivera could be your defensive coordinator? No, I'm way more excited that <laughs> uh, Cliffy would be there. I, I know yeah, people around the division are rooting for Ron. We 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 hardly missed you. Can, can I get in- another game? Can I interest you in a Ron Rivera defensive coordinator and? An Eric Bieniemy offensive coordinator. I've seen that movie recently, <laughs> and, and you know what? It got no Oscar nominations this morning, Denton. But thanks. Perhaps you could just leave the popcorn they, here. They, they left it with Margot Robbie and, and Barbie. Exactly. Unfortunately, she deserves yeah. to be nominated. By Agreed. The way. It was a great Agreed. Movie. Damn it, I'm with you. It was a great movie. You know, he has coordinated defenses before. He did it for San Diego. He did it for the Bears. I, I'm not saying he's terrible. But he in, was a good defensive coordinator when he was in his prime. It's it's now let let and I'm not ageist. Look at me, uh, but I you know <laughs> I I I prefer somebody else at this well, point. Well, the problem in time. Is Ron Rivera has said uh, he's on record saying that he really enjoyed being a defensive coordinator at the mm-hmm. end of his time in Washington. The problem is once he got the defensive coordinator role after they fired Jack Del Rio, at like the first press conference, he said somebody else was calling plays. Yeah, and I was like. Buddy, what are we what are we doing here? Can we get a little bit of consistency, please? There was that Denton, and of course, and, and this is you'd still like them to perform, albeit at yes. a more reasonable level. There was no sweat and there was no young at that point in time either. Right. Right. Yeah, that is true. What happened to Chase Young? How's he doing? Uh, let's get Sterling back on the phone. <laughs> how, how great was that, though, to hear the same thing? It's like, oh, yeah, he's kind of the same guy that he was in Washington. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, apparently a really hot commodity in terms of potential offensive coordinator somewhere. I think we're going to see him back in the NFL. There's rumors of the Bears. 
Caleb Williams, Cliff Kingsbury together. Uh, I mean, they swung got, and missed with that one. I, um, I mean, like I understand the the idea of interviewing him, but I think going uh, uh, with the other guy that they ultimately hired and not trying to pair Cliff Kingsbury with Caleb Williams, I thought was the right decision. Because why would you, why would you hire Cliff Kingsbury, who worked with Caleb Williams mm-hmm. this past year when he didn't win the Heisman? It, yeah, I, would, I, I mean, there's more to it than that. that. The there offensive line was bad at USC. The defense are playing from behind because the defense was complete trash. But, yeah, I understood why that was out there and why it was a conversation. But, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury's just – you know how it is, though? Once a guy's a coach, not all of them, but a lot of these guys, they just keep finding jobs. Lane yeah. Kiffin got a million jobs that he didn't deserve, and now, obviously, at Ole Miss, he's done a great it's, job. But It's all about who you know. I know. I mean, listen, there's some that don't get back out there. Like, Jim Zorn had one head coaching job. Was a, that's fine. And, that, and that's it. He Nobody, can stay wherever That he shows is. you how bad he was. Uh, but it's it, – you're in the fraternity, and they always find you roles somewhere, somehow. Tom Telesco is another great example. He was officially hired as the general manager for the Raiders now. After being the GM for the Chargers, hey, I mean, drafted Justin Herbert, right? Got, uh, you know, drafted Joey Bosa, drafted uh, Keenan Allen, drafted Justin Herbert. So there's that. But I mean, aren't the Chargers kind of a team we've looked at as one of the more underachieving teams for years now? And he was, okay, like it, it does feel weird to hire a guy that was literally just fired inside your division. You know what like, it is? He's a spy. He's a, he's a spy because they're worried Jim Harbaugh is going to take over the Chargers, and they're like. You need to tell us what's going on in the building, and he's and he goes, but but it's going to be different because it's Jim Harbaugh. And they're like, no, we want to hire you for that. And then he said, okay, and he realized yeah, the Raiders were money. still a mess. That's how it went. I've got it all in my head. That's how it goes. They just they, they weren't thinking, and they thought that he could be a spy, even though it's going to be totally different. I think Harbaugh does take the Chargers job, though, don't you? I'm actually stunned that he hasn't officially taken it yeah. today. It's it's felt like for the past. Uh, we'll say 36-ish hours that it's been like an any-minute kind of thing. last that I saw before we started the show, Nick, was that they had begun official negotiations. So I, I would anticipate that Jim Harbaugh is going to, to take that job. He's going to work with Justin Herbert. I mean, he rode off into the sunset at Michigan. The question now is, who does he bring with him? Because there's a mm-hmm. lot of good coaches on that staff at Michigan that might be able to excel at the NFL. How would, like, what is what is he going to do? Because it does feel like, it does feel like he needs he needs some good coaches. He needs a good staff. It's what yeah. got him over the top at Michigan was finally being like, I can't do everything by myself here. So I'm curious to see who he would bring. Would he just pluck from Michigan or would he go across his – because he has an NFL network. The Harbaugh family is obviously sure. very connected. Who does he pluck? Maybe he plucks from John Harbaugh. Oh, man, how great would that be? be? an interesting Thanksgiving. Takes Todd Munkin away. I mean, he had McDonald's for a year at Michigan. That's what got them to the college football playoff the first time. It was like a rental, and then he gave him back to John Harbaugh for D.C. (laughs) You know, they're just going to pass him back and forth. All right, your turn. Now it's my turn to have him for a while, and then he becomes a head coach. This is is how it works. Yeah, if you're Jim Harbaugh and if you're Bill Belichick, right, you're going to take teams that you look at and say they're underachieving. I mean, that was the report that Belichick even said. He's going to want to coach a team that he thinks has the talent in place but is underachieving, and that makes sense. He's 71 years old. He didn't want to rebuild for the next five or six years. Jim Harbaugh's not leaving Michigan for a rebuild either. He's going to a team like the Chargers that has their quarterback in place, and you got to figure out the rest. It's BetMGM Tonight.